One man, when asked what hindered good communication between he and his wife, said this. In fact, he was a pastor. He said this. The one thing that really turns me off is when my wife turns on the tears. When she does that, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle it. I just give up. The lines of communication, he said, become jammed. That's just one of the many ploys we use to cut off communications. When we don't want to talk about painful issues, we go to all sorts of lengths to avoid them. Hi, say thanks for tuning in to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, will give us several other examples today. He's talking about effective communication in the marriage environment. Today is part two of his two-part message, one lesson in an extensive series of lessons about the biblical family. Pastor Steve has a lot of ground to cover today, so let's get the class started. If you have your Bible with you, we will be looking first at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Now here's Pastor Steve. Honesty doesn't mean brutality. There's a kind and gracious way of speaking things. And then there's a corrupt, hard, nasty way of, of getting a conflict out in the open. Which brings us to another principle of effective communication. The first one is, be honest and open. It is so simple. It is so absolutely simple that it's amazing that uh, so few couples follow this. I, I just know that's the fact. Be honest and open and speak the truth. That's all we're saying. The second, second principle is deal with problems on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 26. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Whenever you put two sinners together in a marital relationship, and that's all we have, there are no perfect people. Put two sinners together, there's tremendous potential for anger to occur. You, you know that. You know that. You don't need me to tell you that. Now, according to Ephesians 4.26, not all anger is sinful. Okay, you want to recognize that. Not all anger is sinful. The Bible tells us that Jesus was angry with the religious leaders in Mark chapter 3, verse 5, because they were so into the Sabbath that when he wanted to heal somebody, they said, no, you shouldn't do that. And the Bible says he was angered and he was grieved at their hardness of heart. He was angry. He was also angry another time when uh, the merchants came into the temple and he drove them out. He was angry. Paul was angry at Peter, who we read in Galatians was, was being hypocritical, just being a hypocrite. And the Bible says that Paul withstood him to the face. Paul went and spoke the truth to Peter. Nathan was angry with David for the incident with Bathsheba. And remember he said, he gave him a parable. A parable. And then he said, thou art the man. Now Nathan was angry. And it was right anger. It was not sinful anger. You see, anger is an emotion. It's neither good nor, nor bad at first. Anger is an emotion. It's aroused by a sense of wrong. It is not sinful when you use this aroused emotion to attack and resolve the problem biblically. We ought to get angry about certain things. However, anger can also become sinful. When is anger sinful? When this emotion is used to attack people because we want to get our own way. My rights have been violated. You, you rained on my parade, and I'm angry, and I'm going to punish you, my anger. And that goes on plenty 
in marriages, more than most people care to admit. Now, I think there are two ways that couples express sinful anger towards one another. Once again, I'd write this down. One, obviously, is by blowing up, having a hissy fit, blowing up. There are some people who almost pride themselves on having a short fuse. Well, I have a temper, but I get it over with right away. You know, that's all right, isn't it? They kind of excuse it. I, I blow up, but it's over with. Or if I just let out some steam, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Just get this going or this. Uh, I may have a short fuse, but you can ask anyone. I don't hold grudges. Have you heard that? And this is so human of us. Now, in some psychology uh, circles, psychological circles, I should say, venting anger is even encouraged. Just get it out. It, it's looked upon as therapeutic. You're mad. You're angry. Get it out of your system if it makes you feel better. And maybe you've heard that. You know what? That's why I said, I, I spoke, uh, I mentioned Psalm 1 Last week, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That's ungodly counsel. Basically, that's, that's unbiblical advice. It's stupid advice. Because it's only concern when you say just get it over. You just vent that anger. It's only concern is for the feelings of the angry person. You feel better, so get it out. But what about the person that you just uh, were enraged against? What about that person? What about that person who is the target of your rage? It is no picnic living with an individual who is an angry person. In fact, Proverbs says don't even associate with a person like that, let alone how about being married to a person like that. Proverbs says you'll pick up their ways. How would you like to live with a time bomb that frequently goes off? Now, let me just address this, because some people want to justify their anger, and I don't want you to do that because it violates God's word. Proverbs. I'm just going to read you a number of verses from Proverbs, just going through it. Proverbs 14:17. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger pacifies contention. Proverbs 21, verse 19. It is better to live in a desert land than with a contentious and vexing woman. Strong language. Proverbs 25, verse 28. Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. A city without walls in that day was very vulnerable to attack and to to the enemy. And so is a man who doesn't control his anger. He is vulnerable to all kinds of, of things happening in his heart. Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool always loses his temper. So if you're a fool, you'll lose your temper. But a wise man holds it back. And then verse 22 of Proverbs 29. An angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. I mean, these are strong words. But I wanted you to see that you just can't excuse your temper as, that's the way God made me. I'm Irish. It's all right. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. Now, you're, you're the old man. That's, now, you're behaving like the old man. Now, the other way that we express anger is not to blow up. Some people blow up, but that's wrong. It's sinful. Other people don't blow up, but they clam up. They clam up. They hold in anger by silence. 
Here's where many people are at. Many people are at. They, they hold in silence so that the, the problem is never resolved. And that's what Ephesians 4:26 addresses when it says at the end, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't hold it in. Don't have unresolved conflicts. Some Christian couples not only have the, have, have the sun go down on their anger, but many moons have gone down on their anger. Many moons. Don't let a day go by without dealing with your conflicts. That's what this verse is teaching. Don't let a day go by. A problem between a married couple needs to be dealt with today. Why? Why is that so important? Because verse 27 says, And do not give the devil an opportunity. If you don't resolve your conflicts today, you'll find that today's conflicts become tomorrow's bitterness, resentment, hatred, because they don't get resolved. Something just hardens in your heart. You don't get it resolved. These things build up, they pile up, and they don't go away by themselves. They never go away by themselves. They aren't solved by silence. And some of us have been raised in homes where, where our parents didn't resolve conflicts. And you've, you've seen that as an example, but you have the scriptures to tell you that that's not right. We've got to do what's right. And not, if our parents didn't give us a good example in, uh, in this area, then we need to, uh, to, to follow what the Bible says, and the Bible says, don't be silent. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. You have to communicate and get things out in the open and, and to straighten things out, and you do it today. Why is today so important? Not only because Satan will be there at your heart, and there will be opportune times to turn your, your anger into bitterness, but also because tomorrow you'll have another whole set of problems. Jesus said in Matthew 6.34, he said, each day has enough trouble of its own. So tomorrow you're going to have trouble. If you don't deal with today's problems, there's a whole new set of them tomorrow. And if you let that uh, go unresolved, they build and build and build. Now, silence is not the only way that we clam up and we cut off communications. People are creative, very creative when it comes to sin. We have other ways. So let me give you some other ways that that people... uh, uh, clam up and cut off any lines of communication. Sometimes it's by crying, by crying. I'm not saying all tears are this, but sometimes there are manipulative te- tears, crocodile tears. One man, when asked what hindered good communication between he and his wife, said this. In fact, he was a pastor. He said this. The only thing that really turn, the, the one thing I should say, the one thing that really turns me off is when my wife turns on the tears. When she does that, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle it. I just give up. The lines of communication, he said, become jammed. You see, beware of tears that come because the, the person doesn't want to face the issue. Whenever you get too close to an issue, tears come. That's not healthy. Or, or it could be tears of self-pity. That's not healthy either. So if those tears come, you still have to address the issue. And I know, I know especially men feel very uncomfortable when there are tears, but don't back off. These issues have to be discussed. Another creative way of cutting off communication is to threaten to explode. I can't talk about this because if I do, I'm going to erupt like a volcano. And also, we can't talk about this. Well, don't buy that. Don't buy that then you'll never get anything resolved. Another way that we clog the communication system is to state the bottom line. You know, the bottom line talk. All I have to say is this. 
You know, like, what they mean is, don't give me anything back. Here's what I'm saying, and no more. It's the bottom line. It's not healthy. And you may be doing some of these things. I may not be very popular after this message. But this is the truth, and I'm trying to help all of us. Now, all of these things are just creative ways of, of violating Ephesians 4.26, which says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Get the issue out in the open so it can be dealt with. There sure are lots of ways to let the sun go down on your anger. But suppose we do get the issue out in the open. What then? How can we prevent turning it from a painful but helpful discussion into a knockdown, drag-out fight? Well, Pastor Steve will get to that right after we pause very briefly to introduce ourselves to any newcomers to the class. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We have a lot to cover today, so let's get back to class. So you say, okay, so once the issue is out, then what do I do? Then what do I do? Well, let's say a husband and wife have been uh, honest with each other and they have expressed the specific conflict. Now, how do they solve their problem? How do they solve this? I'll tell you how not to solve it. It's not by blaming the other person, but by dealing with your own sin. If everything is the other person's fault, then you'll never solve it because you've got two people pointing arrows at each other. Would you turn to Matthew chapter 7, please? Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. Jesus spoke specifically on how to solve conflicts. And this is one of those passages. He said, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? It's like saying, Why do you look and see that there's a little piece of dust in someone's eye when you've got a telephone pole sticking out of your eye? It's a hyperbole. It's an obvious exaggeration. I mean, nobody really has a log in their eye, but what he's saying is someone's got a little fault, but you've got a bit, you can't, you, you don't see your own fault. Verse 4, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Why, isn't that great? Isn't that convicting? that convicting? The main thing that hinders good communication is when two people attack each other rather than attacking the problem. The problem is the issue. And the way to attack the conflict is to, is to look at the log in your own eye. To deal with your own sin, not your spouse's sin. See, some pe- with some people, it's always somebody else's fault. If my wife was only like this, then our marriage would be great. And she says, if my husband was only like this, then our marriage would be great. Jesus said, take the, take the log out of your own eye. You want to have an instant, instant agreement with your spouse over a conflict? I will tell you. I will tell you how to have instant agreement with your spouse over a conflict. Tell your spouse how you've wronged them and then ask them to forgive you. You may say, but my husband and I can't talk. He never listens to anything I say or she never listens. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. If you start talking about how you have wronged him, he'll listen and he'll agree with you and he'll say a few hearty amens. That's right. You want agreement over something? Tell him how you've sinned. Or tell her how you've sinned. And they will agree. They'll say, that's right. That's right. Now, Jesus gave some definite ways of resolving conflicts. Let's look back at Matthew again. You need to turn here. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. 
verse 23 is so wonderful and so helpful. And it's something that in our flesh we don't want to hear, but it's something that we must hear and obey. Verse 23, if therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. That is, you are in worship. In this context, it's the temple. You are there at the temple. You are worshiping. And then you remember, but wait a minute, I have sinned against somebody. Jesus said, leave your offering there before the altar. Go on your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. That's, that's amazing. He said, it's, it's so important that you get this straightened out that it is more important than anything else. Drop whatever you're doing, even if it's worship, and go and be reconciled. Go and be reconciled to your brother or sister. I want to just caution you about this because if your spouse approaches you about something that they've said or something that they they believe has offended you or something's not right in in the home, uh, don't lie by minimizing it. And and there are people who do that, uh, not only in a marriage, but in all relationships. You go to them and you say, I know something's bothering you. You're just not responding to me right. Uh, I, I know something is wrong. And they look at you and they say, nothing, nothing. Um, that's not good. There are some choice things going through my mind. Because people have done that with me. People have done that with me. Not, uh, Michelle does not do that with me. But there are people who have done that with me who I feel like, something's wrong with us. And I've gone to them and said, what's the problem? Oh, nothing. And in my mind I'm thinking, you're lying, but I can't prove it. That's what I think. Maybe they're not. Uh, don't minimize that. Or, you, you know, you speak to your spouse and you say, what is it that bothers you? Or, or, or is this, did I, what I said, did this really make you angry? And they'll say, well, I'm a little upset. Actually, they're lying. They're a lot upset. See, that's minimizing sin. I'm a little upset. Or, yeah, it, it annoys me a little. Or I'm, I'm not angry. I'm just a little annoyed. People do that. Christians do that just so they, they don't want to admit that they aren't spiritual enough to handle it. Just come right out and say, yeah, I'm really angry. Yeah, I haven't handled this well. But don't say, I'm a little annoyed. You're not a little annoyed. You're very annoyed. You're angry. So, if you find that you have sinned against someone, drop whatever you're doing and you go and become reconciled. But what if, what if you are the person who has been offended? Well, Matthew 18 tells us what to do there. Matthew 18, verse 15. Let's say someone has offended you. Someone has really sinned against you. And it's, it's disrupting your relationship. Sometimes people don't know that they've sinned against you. And, and in, in that case, if you can get on with your relationship with them, just cover that sin. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Just put a blanket on it and get on. But if by that sin your relationship is not right and it's going to hinder your fellowship, then you have to address it. Matthew 18, verse 15. If your brother sins, and in many Greek manuscripts, it, it reads, if your brother sins against you, and I think that's what the, what the thought is here, if your brother sins against you, go and reprove him in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. You, you've won him back into a, into a healthy relationship. If you've been offended, then it's your responsibility to go to the person, win that person, and rebuild the relationship. You see, either way, it's your responsibility. You can't win with this as far as avoiding it. If, you're, if you wrong someone, then you must go to them. If you, have wrong, if you have been wronged, then you must go to them too. Never wait 
for somebody to come to you. If they don't want to obey the word, that's their problem. But you have to obey the word of God. You see, Jesus won't let us have any unreconciled uh, conflicts among us. And actually, the way the Lord set it up is just ingenious. It's just wonderful. If two Christians, let's say, have a conflict and they get mad at each other, they have a hissy fit and they, they walk away, then later, once they've calmed down and cooled down, they, they ought to meet each other on the way back to seek reconciliation. That's the way it ought to work. Both of them on the way back ought to run into each other and say, but I was going to speak to you. Well, I was on my way to speak to you. Now, that's the ideal. Not to say that, that happens very often, but that's the ideal. So, husbands... Wives, before this day is over, you have an assignment. You need to openly and honestly straighten out whatever has been bugging you. Whatever has been bugging you. You need to talk. You need to ask forgiveness of God. You need to ask forgiveness of each other. And don't say, if I've offended you. Don't say, you find out how you've offended your spouse and you get that taken care of. And make sure from this point on, that you, that you don't let things pile up. You deal with it today. You're committed. You need to be committed from this point on to a life pattern of building your relationship upon the truth. Anything else is a violation of Scripture. And you just can't get to Ephesians 5 and 6 and say, we're going we're gonna to work on that if you don't work on healthy communication. Now, Lord willing, next time we get together, we're going to talk more about effective communication. And even some nonverbal communication, a lot of nonverbal communication. See what the scriptures say. But you do need to do something today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today, in, in, in private, this is not something where you invite the children around unless you need to ask them to forgive you. You, you straighten that out yourselves. You can tell them that you straighten things out and be an example to your children. But if you're dealing with some delicate matters, speak privately. And you know what? If, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're listening to this, and this is, this is going to help anybody, whether you are uh, a Christian or a non-Christian. But I want to say to those who may not know Christ that a relationship with Jesus Christ is also built upon truth. No one enters into a, into a relationship with Christ, into the kingdom of God, unless they admit that they are sinners, unless they deal with the truth that they are in a sinful condition and the truth of, of God's holiness, that they have offended the holiness of God. And that in order for them to have a relationship with Christ, have their sins forgiven, they have to admit that they're sinners, that Christ died for them and that they need Him. So, even the relationship with Jesus Christ is based on truth. If you've never trusted Christ, I invite you to do that. Come up after the service, go through these doors to my left. There'll be somebody there who can speak to you, but you have to be truthful. You have to admit that you have sinned. You are a miserable sinner and God is holy and your sin has offended the holiness of God. But Christ paid for that sins once you trust Him alone is the only way to heaven. And the Bible says that you are forgiven. It was King David who said, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. There is no greater joy than knowing your sins have been forgiven. I hope that today's lesson has been helpful to you. Effective communication is so vital and complex, Pastor Steve plans to be back again in our next broadcast with another lesson for us on that subject. You have been listening to Verse by Verse. Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff is our instructor for this radio Bible class. He has been ministering since 1981 
at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you would like to hear Pastor Steve's entire message, you can order an audio CD by calling 727-239-0306. Please leave your name and a number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-239-0306. Or you can listen again to today's broadcast at versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been supportive of their local church. We look forward to seeing you again next broadcast for another Verse by Verse Bible Class.